Okay, what we want to uh, look at is what is called vidui ma'aseh. Now, the, the word vidui is a word that has a lot of uh, salient meaning. And most people connect the word vidui to the vidui that's necessary when you do tshuva. You know that the Ramam says, Ramam seems to say, the summon commentaries understand the Rambam as follows. The Rambam says that doing tshuva is not really a mitzvah. It's a natural reaction. Like if you know that you've done something wrong and you feel it, you feel it, so so of course you're going to do tshuva. You don't need the Torah to tell you to do tshuva because you want to be in. You don't want to be out. I mean, we're talking about those kinds of people. We're not talking about people... I'm not talking now about people who are not connected to the Torah. There are people who are connected to the Torah, who keep the mitzvot, who do what they're supposed to do, who try to do what they're supposed to do, and they suddenly find themselves um, outside. They did something wrong, either on purpose or by accident. It doesn't really make any difference. You want to get back in. So the Rambam says, according to this interpretation, remember I keep saying that, the Rambam says, of course you're going to do tshuva. I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, you're going to say, let me back in. You turn to heaven and say, I want to be in. I mean, that's what tshuva is. Tshuva is, I I want to be, again, a responsible uh, personality. I don't want to be, I don't want to be left out. Tshuva. But connected to tshuva, according to the Rambam, connected to the tshuva, which you have to do, is an obligation of vidui. Vidui is a confession. And a confession is something that you actually say. You speak it. You say the words of the confession. Now you know that on Yom HaKippurim, we do that quite a lot. Right? There's a shorter form of confession Ashabnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, you know, in the olden times, they liked everything to be alphabetical. It sort of like meant, it's accumulative, it's got everything, you know, it's even more than the words. It's also the alphabet. Even if you're not a capitalist, even if you're not a capitalist, I mean a kind of a, a pshat capitalist, not a floating in the air kind of capitalist. But if you use the Kabbalistic ideas in order to get to Pshat, if you're that kind of a Kabbalist, then you, uh, you understand that speech is something that is very special. Um, Kabbalists always thought that Jews, Jews were the possessors of speech. They were asked to do mitzvot that are simply statements. Just say it. To say Shema Yisrael. To, to say Kiddush uh, on Friday night. These are, are statements that have an effect. And statements have an effect. I mean, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting something to think about. So the Ramam says that besides the internal tshuva that you want to do because you want to get back in, you want to be part of it, there is also a formal aspect to the tshuva process 
called vidui. And vidui means that you have to say what you did wrong. Now what we do is, and since everybody, everybody lives in a delusionary world, so we don't want to admit anything. I mean, nobody goes on your, I mean, not, I wouldn't say nobody, but I mean, I go to shul and I sit where I sit and people around me, I, I never confronted anybody admitting a sin, ever. But that doesn't mean they don't do it. I realize that people do it. But people like to admit imagined sins. You know, like, maybe I should have done it this way, maybe I should have done it that way, those kinds of sins. But, you know, nobody comes up and says, I shouldn't have shot that guy. You know, he's really a nice fellow, just shot him. You don't have that kind of, so we, what we do, that's what I meant to say before, what we do is we say a number of viduyim on Yom Kippurim that are cumulative. Like Hashamnu Bagadnu Gazalnu, that's cumulative. And then there are these endless alchet shechatanu lefanecha beones uveratzon. That's like pretty much takes care of everything. You know, but we keep saying it again and again and again. And we say the alchet every time we daven, and it's not good enough. So we say it all in the mincha before Yom HaKippurim. Why do we say it in the mincha before Yom HaKippurim? Because we might drop dead at an inopportune moment before full Nidre, and we will not have said... Uh, I mean, this whole thing is very strange. In the Sefer Yireim, Sefer Yireim is a book of Musa and Halacha written by Arisha, Rabbi Lozami Metz. Rabbi Lozami Metz. Metz is uh, Mayens. Is that what it's called today? Magenza. Metz is Magenza. So, so uh, uh, the, the Sefer Yireim said that there are, two, there are four times in the year when people do tshuva. He said, every day, that's one time, <laughs> every day, the people do tshuva. Then there's Arab Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh and um, what's the fourth? What? Wait a second. And Yom Kippur. I'm sorry. And Yom Kippur. So we we have it. I'll do it again. The four times. The four times are Erev Shabbos. Um, Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh. Every day. Every day. And Yom Kippur. So it's how do you do Chuvi? You have to say Vidui. So it's not only the mincha before Yom HaKippurim, according to the Savior Rebbe. He says, there are places, I know there are places where they do this, there are places where they do that mincha. So tshuva was, tshuva and vidui became an essential part of our um, culture. Like, you know, this is to say about the Jews, they're always guilty of something. I mean, Jews amongst themselves, not Jews in the eyes of other people, but Jews amongst themselves, they're always, always guilty we're the guiltiest people that there are, is, are. Okay, one, thank you, choice. So, uh, so uh, the word vidui is obviously connected to tshuva. And this, this psukim that we're about to learn are called, it's called vidui ma'aser, which sounds like it has something to do with tshuva, because it's vidui. But the word in Hebrew, vidui, could also mean an announcement. Not an announcement connected to tshuva, 
But stam an announcement. And in terms of understanding this parasha that we're about to look at, you have to you have to recognize that distinction that the word vidui could mean a neutral kind of announcement, but it could also mean a statement that relates to doing tshuva, which I can do all the time, right, according to Zevi year. But certainly you could do tshuva all the time. I mean, it's ridiculous to imagine that you have to wait till Yom HaKippurim to do tshuva, because if you want to do tshuva, you're going to do tshuva. You can't wait. It's not something you can wait for. The mitzvah of tshuva is ordinarily confused with Yom HaKippurim. But it is not in essence, as the Sefer Yireyev says, not as it has anything to do with Yom HaKippurim. What happens at Yom HaKippurim? What happens at Yom HaKippurim? You don't do tshuva. But the Kohen Gadol does it on your behalf. It's like a whole different world, what goes on on Yom HaKippurim. It's not like we think all year long we eat, drink, and are merry. And then we make up for the year of merriment on Yom HaKippurim. No, it's not like that. All year long we do tshuva. And if we do tshuva, we probably will have to say vidui also every day. Every day, every, every Shabbos, every... I mean, in other words, like tshuva itself, it has like these two aspects. On the one hand, I don't like to do tshuva for Averis that I know that I did. But I really like to do tshuva for various that I don't know that I did. Right? Those are the true, those are the ones. So on that basis, you can certainly do tshuva every day. Right? So we say in Shmon Esrei, Ashiveinu, Slachlonu, we say things which are connected to tshuva every single day. It's not like the Uraim. The Uraim didn't say Shmon Esrei, but we say it in Shmon Esrei. The Uraim didn't mention Shmon Esrei. That's what I mean. But we, we know that we say it in Shmon Esra every day. Sefer Shabbos and Yotif. Right? And we know that Rosh Chodesh is a special day. Right? The sacrifice of Rosh Chodesh and Yom Kippur is a different day. It's not the day that we do tshuva because we didn't do tshuva at all the other times we should have done tshuva. It's a day of special tshuva. And that special tshuva emanated from the base of Mikdash. And there was this feeling even long before Rav Kook came on the scene that there was a need for national tshuva, that the nation existed. That the, the, the Rambam says this uh, that the nation of, of Israel or every nation, every nation in the world, exists as a spiritual entity, and it has all, it, and choices come up. For all groups and all peoples and all communities, they come up all the time to do the better thing or not to do the better thing, to do the uh, the spiritually uh, 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 reasonable thing or to ignore it. So that that entity, the nation of Israel, does tshuva and Yom Kippurim as an entity, as a as a group, and that tshuva is led by the Kohen Gadol. He does it. And that's a very difficult kind of tshuva, as you may remember, because with the Sa'ir HaMishtalech, you have to send the Korban out of the Beit HaMikdash in order to, to quiet the different elements in the world, as the Ramban tries to explain. But, but you, have to, you, you understand, you could agree that, that it's difficult, that Yom Kippur is a difficult day, even though we're optimistic about it. But well, we're usually optimistic about it on the personal level. Like you get all these things mixed up. 
that we figure if, they, if we have had dropped dead on Rosh Hashanah, so I'll make it through Yom Kippur somehow. You know, but that's not really the way it is. So here I'm going back again. The Varim Dalit, which is not our parashat, there is mention, there is mention about these Masrot and Bikurim. So he says, Miktesha Loshanim, at the end of three years, Totsiyat Kol Masar Tvuat Chava Shanahi, Vinachla Bisharecha, you take the Maaser, it was you collected Maaser. Baser is a tenth. You take a tithe. What are you supposed to do with that tithe? Please, they either give it, give it to somebody, give it to a kohen, maybe give it to a lady, maybe give it to an oni. That goes on, depends on what the year, what the year of the seventy years that you're talking about. But it's one thing is for sure: it doesn't belong to me. I've got to give it away. Now I didn't give it away, but I set it aside. And then the Pasuk says, after three years, we're talking about the fourth year, and you put it in your Sha'ar. The Sha'ar is the entranceway or the exit from the city in which you live. It's the public place. It's where the Dayanim sat and the Beit Din and the soldiers and the, whoever else, they were about Sha'ari, Rashi says. That, that it sounds like what it says is if you didn't do anything with the Masrot, with these tithes that you took, right? In other words, you have to understand the tithes in the, in the, in the language of learning, the t- taking the tithes make it possible for you to eat the food. You have to separate the tithes. But then there's a second obligation, that is to give it to the right people. Right? So you have... So you've taken the tithes all the time because you want to eat the food that you grow. But you haven't, for some reason, passed it on. So then it says, it says, So the levy will come. And he gets Maser Rishon, and Agaviyatom, Vietlu Maser Sheni, that's also called Maser Ani. Shehu Shel Ani, Shel Shanazo, that belongs to the poor. And don't eat it in Yerushalayim, but give it to the, give it to the Aniyim. I want to get into, in, involved in this. Uh, he says, right, the lady, he gets something because he, he, he's not working, he doesn't have a salary. A portion of the land, an inheritance of the land, that's how you earned a living. You, you made money from the land. But they didn't get any land because Levi, the tribe of Levi, did get domicile in Eretz Yisrael, but they didn't get land. And therefore, they had to be supported. Right? And then, also people don't have land. Right? The Ger, because he, he joined up with the Jewish people, and all the land was given out by Yoshua and Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Yatom, the Yatom is the, the person who somehow his father's inheritance disappeared. Right? He's no longer connected 
and the Almana of course has no land. Asher b'sharecha v'achlu b'saveyo, they'll eat and they'll be satisfied. Leman yivarechecha asher elokecha b'chol asei yadecha asher ta'aseh. That's what the that's what the it uh, it says in the pasuk. Uh, okay, Rashi points out v'achlu b'saveyo. You see that last Rashi. Give them enough so that they feel satisfied. Rashi mentioned it again that there's a certain, the Gemara says there's a shear. That you have to give, you have to allow the Ani to take a certain amount. You can't say, no, no, I'm not you, I want to give it to another guy, you know, to give everybody some crumbs. You can't do that. You go to Yerushalayim to take the Maaser that you kept back. You didn't give it to the Kohen. You didn't give it to the people who deserve it. And and mitvade. Mitvadeh uses that word. Irachi uses that word. Mitvadeh. The word mitvadeh is not written in the Chumash. Who mitvadeh? And you confess, and you announce, and you do tshuva. What are those? Pick one. And what is it? You mitvadeh. You mitvadeh. Be'arti hakodesh min habayit. Kimoshe mifarash sham perikavav. That's our parasha. That's the the continuation of Perik Yudalid is in Perik Avav. Perik Avav is in the parasha of Kitavo, this week's parasha. And the beginning of the parasha, the beginning of the parasha of Kitavo, is about the way life is going to be affected by coming to Eretz Yisrael and settling it successfully. That's the beginning of the parashah Kitavo. So one of the things that you have to do, again, we'll read the psukim, ki techalel ha'aseret kol ma'asar tzvuetcha v'shana shlishit shnata ma'aser. Now as we're talking about the third year of seven, right? you always count for ma'aser, we always count the seven of the sabbatical year. Right? So the... A, so you had Shana Shlishit, we're up to Shana Shlishit, Shnata Maser, when I tata la levi la geli ato la alvana, vachlu vesharecha vesaveu. So this is a summary, you should give it to who you should give it to, and they will all be satisfied. Pasuk yud gimu, vamata lefne hashem elokecha, and then suddenly there's an obligation. You know, to us it's a little strange because everybody knows you have to give tzedakah. And giving tzedakah maybe is connected to the idea of the trubot and the masrot of old. We don't give trubot and masrot, but we give tzedakah. But here there's a, 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 a concomitant obligation. A little strange. There's, a, there's an obligation. The obligation is that sounds like a command, doesn't it? You say. You say standing before God. I mean, where are you standing? You stand in your house someplace. Be arty, I've, I've exhumed, I've done away with, I've taken the sacred from my house, 
and Gam also gave it Natativ la Levi la Geliatov la Mana Bihovitswatera Shetsivitani Loavati Bivitswatera Loshakti. I did not deny any of your mitzvot and I did not forget. It's a little bit odd. We know that there is a notion called bracha. And uh, in the notion of bracha, there's a category called birkota mitzvah. There are birkota mitzvah. Birkota mitzvah serve a utilitarian purpose. They announce that you're about to do a mitzvah. Why do I do that? Because it's important when you do a mitzvah to know that it's a mitzvah. If you don't know that it's a mitzvah, you're just imitating what other people are doing, or you're for some reason acting out some kind of a, a dream that you had the night before. So that's not called doing a mitzvah. And while the concept of kavanah, of intention, is a very difficult one to define, there is no doubt that when you do a mitzvah, you have to have some intention. And the intention that you have to have is that it's a mitzvah. That's your intention. And so when you say the bracha, what you're saying is, I'm doing what I'm about to do because God told me to do that. And that's why brachot are always said uvar lasiyatan. Uvar lasiyatan means before you do the mitzvah. You make a bracha, and you do the mitzvah. Everybody knows that uh, that there's uh, this problem with lighting candles on Friday night. <coughs> because if you light the candles, maybe it's Shabbos. You don't want it to be Shabbos, so that you'd have to trick. You have to trick yourself. And how do you trick yourself? You cover your eyes after you light the candles. You say the bracha, and you cover your eyes. But it all goes back to the same idea that in order to have kavanah, you should say a bracha. Now here it doesn't say that there's a bracha. It says Ramarta. He says he says you bring Natata La Levi. First you give it, and then Ramarta, and then you say it. Right? And then you continue. And you say, Lo Khadiba only me many will be artivari but tamevilatabimanilamechabadikolashabilukekhasidikolashivitad. That pasuk means not only did I do what I was supposed to do. But I did not get myself involved in alternative or or incidental transgressions that might have happened. I, I was very careful about all this. I was not. I didn't get involved in something that was tamay, something that's ritually unclean, and I did not get involved in the wrong amount of. The, I did everything according to the rules. Not only did I do it, but I did it according to the rules. Rashi says. <coughs> Here, you see Rashi Pasuk Yud Gimel. Rashi and Pasuk Yud Gimel says, "Ramata lefnei Hashem alokecha." See, it's sort of down the fifth, sixth wide line. Hitvade shenatata maasrotecha. He likes that word. Use that word again. Hitvada. Hitvada means well. Hitvada means he announced it. He said it. Right, hitvada shenatata maasrotecha. So on the one thing, one hand, Rashi seems to interpret the word hitvada as to announce. He said it. On the other hand, he keeps using that word hitvada as though it was the only possibility. He could have said it's here. He just announced it. He said it. There are a lot of words in Hebrew 
But Omar, he could have said it easy. Why did he have to annoy us with this word Hitvada? Right? Biyakti HaKadosh Benabayit, the next part of the Rashi, Zeh Maaseh Sheini, Vetetah Revai, Vlavetcha, Shem Shav Asurotav Shel Shtei Shadim, Velo Helam Nehushalayim, Shetzarich Lehalotav Acham. So we have, we learn a new halacha, that if you didn't take what's supposed to go to Yerushalayim and eaten in Yerushalayim by the Baalim, you have to do it now, even on the third year. You take the, the stuff of the first two, of two years. That's Biyardiya Kodesh Vilabai Bukam Natati La Levi Zemaseri Shon So all these halachot, all these halachot, and the point is that the Rashi had to say Hitvadeh, I mean Hitvadeh. Well, why do you have to say that? So this brings us all to the Sephardim. Those of you who have learned Chumash, who come to the Shir, who learn Chumash with me, you could say with a clear conscience, that he never quoted the Sephardim. Never. And uh, the reason for that is because my Rebbeim never quoted the Sephardim. But everybody quotes this Sephardim. <laughs> this is the Sephardim. I mean, I'm not saying anything about the Sephardim. It could be, it's great, you could give it a go. And, uh, but, but it's not in my, uh, you know, generally, the kind of, what I learn. I don't learn the Sephardim. But he listed this word. The Arti Hakodesh Minabayat. You see the Swarna, it's on the first side, the same side. Swarna, the Arti Hakodesh Minabayat. The words mean, I did away with the sacred from my house. I took it out. The Trumot, the Masrot, everything that I, I was kind of derelict in my obligation. I got it out of my house. Minabayat. So Swarna says, Translation. Because of our sins in the past. And the transgressions of our fathers, whose Avoda, the service of God was taken away from the firstborn. Ashelahem, Hayu the Uyot, Trumotomazrot. The firstborn, you remember, that the Kohanim were the firstborn in every family. And they lost their privilege. Their privilege of Kuna, and that privilege was transferred to the family of Aaron Hakohen, right after, after which glorious event, the Chet right? It was transferred, it was taken away. So he says, "Biyati Hakodesh Vunabayit, Biyati Hakodesh." It's just like he said, everybody has this residual feeling. Everybody in the world. Every Jew, I mean, every Jew has this feeling that these Trumot and Masrot that he separated in his house, he says, why doesn't he get rid of that? Why doesn't he give it away to the people who are supposed to get it? Because underneath, he feels that it really belongs to him. It really belongs to him because every family, every household, there's a Bechor. And every household, therefore, has somebody that these Trumot and Masrot were taken away from. They took it away, from, the Torah took it away from him, from this guy. 
So look, comes the Sfarim, he says, What is he really saying? I didn't like to do it. I didn't want to do it. I really deserve it. I'm the Bechor. Or some, my brother is a Bechor. We really should have been able to participate or partake of this Kodesh. But I understand the Torah is forcing me to get rid of it. So I got rid of it. Bavoteinu, again. Bechata'einu, bavonot avoteinu, usraha avodame abechorot. We, we, we know that. That they lost their privilege because of something that happened. Asher lehem ayu reuyot trumot u-ma'asrot. They deserved the trumot and ma'asrot ka'amaro v'etma'otam b'machanotam v'ha'avir kol peterechem. That, uh, that uh, peterechem, the firstborn son, is kind of bought out by a Kohen, right? The Pidyon Aben, to remind us of the fact. To remind us that it didn't have to be that way. It could have been differently. It could have been done differently. So, so again, according to, uh, according to the, uh, yeah, Kamna Tati Lalivi, the second part of the Sfora, Ta'am Gam, that the word gam has to be understood in Hebrew just like the word af. Also, including, right, something like that. Kita'am af. Al pi. Right? Af, I'm sorry, af al pi. Kita'am af al pi. Kimo gam ayiti alayla laish vigam yaladati banim. Right? That, 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 that is proof. Yomar im kein. Yomar im kein. Mode ani kigadol avoni shegaramti levaer hakodesh vinhamayim. So what do we say? We say, I know that it's my fault. It shouldn't have been this way. That biati hakodesh vinhamayim. And it didn't have to be that way. If just in those days, we would have done what we should have done. Everything would be everything would be just perfect. But now, now what I'm saying is, I admit that what, what what is vidui? Vidui is the announcement that you did something wrong. I mean, it may have a formula to it, but this is vidui. He says, "It came even though I gave it to the Levi and to the other guys that you commanded me to do, So you know that a Kodesh Baruch Hu said, Shmos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, after the whole story with the Chet HaEgel, there's a terrible posseg, I mean, a posseg that's a difficult posseg. Just a second.
after Moshe Rabbeinu begs for forgiveness for Am Yisrael, remember there's that pasuk Vata Perik Lamed Bet pasuk Lamed Bet Vata and Tisach Atatam. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "If you will bear their sin." If you will allow them to move on in history and not destroy B'nai Yisrael, okay. And if not, if you Hashem do not agree to uh, accept somehow B'nai Yisrael with their sin, erase me. God answers Moshe Rabbeinu, Mi Asher Chatali. Who deserves to be erased? The people who sinned, not you, not Moshe Rabbeinu. What did you do? Vata, Hakadosh Baruch summarizes the new agreement between Moshe Rabbeinu, Am Yisrael, and Hakadosh Baruch The new agreement, and that new agreement is Vata. Lech nechei et ha'am. Go down and lead the people. El asher dibarti. Lach. Bring them to the place which I told you. Right, that's the deal. Malachi Malach is not God. It's not God. In other words, you're still being led. You'll still be directed to go to Eretz Israel. You'll still be protected by Kodesh Baruch, but you won't be led by Kodesh Baruch. In, in other words, there is something unfinished here. There's something Moshe Rabbeinu, he won, but he couldn't win. He couldn't like change the reality. So, so it's a Kodesh Baruch Hu is saying, okay, they'll live, they'll go to Eretz Israel, but they're going to bear that burden. What burden? The burden of the Chet Ha'egel. They'll bear that burden. And so the Pesach ends. And Rashi says, that that means when God punishes B'nai Yisrael, when the occasion comes up that B'nai Yisrael deserve to be punished for something that they did or something that they omitted, at that day, they will be punished a little bit extra for the sin of the Egel Azahab. So that the deal with, between Moshe Rabbeinu and Kaddish Bochor was not that they forget, we forget and forgive. That was not the deal. Okay, history will go on. But they will bear the burden of the Chaita Egel forever. That's what, that's what, uh, uh, Kaddish Bochor said to Moshe Rabbeinu. And what does this Svarno say? Modani. He says, I know that by, like, what am I doing? I'm taking the stuff out of my house. Why am I taking the stuff out of the house, putting it into the public thoroughfare? Because I want to give it to the Kohen, to the Levi, to the Yosem, the Almona. I want to give it to all those people. Why do I want to give it to all those people? Because God told me to do that. Why did God tell me to tell me to do that? Because I lost my standing as a Kohen. So every time I do this positive act, every time I do what I call it, what wants me to do, every time I do what the Torah wants me to do, I am reminded of the fact that I sin and that I carry this sin around with me 
always. And that's the answer to the question the Shai Tshuva says, if I, if I did Tshuva last year, do I have to do Tshuva this year for the same affair? Right? It's an interesting question. He says yes. Based on this part? No, not based on That's yours. It's just like a, okay. a thought. You have to do Tshuva again for whatever it was you did Tshuva for already. There are different, different types of way, but that's what he says. He says he's doing a mitzvah. These guys are doing a mitzvah that they be Kodesh bin Abayat. It's remarkable. And while he's doing the mitzvah, he's mitvadeh. He turns this statement as though it was a statement about the act that he had just participated in. He turns it into an act of vidui. The vidui, the kind of vidui that's associated with with tshuva. Right? He's, he's doing that vidui. He's not doing the vidui of, of making an announcement. So now if you look at the Shei Shmuel. Can we pause for a second? I mean, that's a very radical reading of the text. The Sforna. The Sforna. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, for me at least, it's just worth pausing. So listen to the Shemi Shmuel, because okay. he agrees with you, at least he's not. <laughs> Here it is. Ashkir, I'm sorry, he had this idea of Ashkir from Ochel. We pray to God that, that you could turn it all into good. And we know that right now it's bad, but we hope it turns into good. So look at the Shemi Shmuel. You see in the second side? What's that called? I can never get it right. The obverse. Obverse? Yes, what? Verso. Verso is the second side? Okay. What's the obverse? The, the, the first side. Different language. Just a different language. But Rashi, Rashi said, Rashi says that whenever the word hashkifa is used, it always implies something bad, except for this pasuk, which says that God should look down and see goodness. We know that we're in trouble, but maybe God will see goodness. This is Rashi says. He says, after all, what are we talking about? We're talking about Batnotadim, we're talking about Staka, and Staka changes God's attitude, so to speak, from anger, anger to mercy. Nira Lefaresh, this is the Shevish rule. Up to now he quoted. He says, what does it mean? What does Vidui Maser mean? What's Vidui have to do with this mitzvah? Because vidui is you always do navera, not a mitzvah. That's the svarno, right? The chait was that they lost the right to be kohanim, and uh, had they maintained the right to be kohanim, they would get the trubot and mazrot. That's what he says. He's good. He's learning with us. Right? Uh, that's the svarno. That's the but this is not a perfect answer. Because amongst the Masrot that we're talking about, there's a Maser called Maser Sheni, right? There's Rishon and there's Sheni. Maser Sheni. 
Shabalim Oslimotov. That doesn't do it, Kohanim, Oliviyim. So how did that get into the story? How did that get into the story? Bachabalim Oslimotov, Lord Elah, Shemashma Sheikar Havidui Alehakai, the Potach Bekra, the Ardea Kodesh Binabayat. Uberashi, she said, Masa Shenim, and they had to revive And you can't say that this story about about Masa Shani is an appendage to this parasha because that's what the parasha is talking about mostly so, so if that we're talking about Masa Shani how does this forno fit in to what we're talking about good says, I myself I had to explain this there's this double two phrases that mean the same thing right the first phrase Shabbati I listened to what God told me to do and the second part is Asiti I did what God told me to do means it's the enemy is always the enemy because you have too many words right you want to Uncaful it. You'd like the two parts of the pasuk to mean something, something different. Kefal, Kefal, uh, uh, one second. Kefal Ashot. Kefal Ashot. Al Rambam. Now this Rambam doesn't really exist, but it is quoted. Uva betchilat sefer maaseir of keach. There is this position where usually when you say the Rambam, you mean the Yad Chazaka, the Moran Nebuchim. But here he's quoting he's quoting a, a tshuva. The Rambam says this: That a person, it's not enough to do the mitzvot, but you have to try to do what the Torah really wants you. Uh, really wants you to do. And he says, Lo sage litfos ha mitzvah rak fishit chiyut ha ma'amar rak lereid lisof kavanat Torah. You should not think of a mitzvah like simply a string of words in the Torah and you do it, right? You shake a lulav, you eat a matzah. You shouldn't think of it that way. But you have to sort of try to get to the bottom of it, to the bottom of things. There's a there's a greater idea, right? I mean, everybody knows everybody knows that the Rambam and the Mornavuchim did not do this. The Rambam and Mornavuchim generally explain mitzvot very pragmatically. They work for something. They help you. They're good for society. They're good for they're good for something. They're, he didn't talk about kavanata Torah, but here in this tshuva, the Rambam does. He says, "Lo sagi litvosu b'israk v'shit chiyuta ma'amar akli redus of kavanata Torah." Vehu ke'ain shekatav Ramban b'mitzvat kedoshim tiyushi choliyot naval b'shuta Torah v'chayim b'mitzvat v'asita yashar b'atov ayin shab devarav kinaim. You remember that the Ramban in the beginning of the parashah kedoshim explains that a person to be a naval, a bad guy. 
sort of like within the context allowed by the Torah and one of the two examples he brings examples of sexual relations and eating and overeating and he says clearly he says like when it comes to, it comes to both of these things the Torah was not interested in you maximizing the opportunity but was interested in people being more moderate that's a kind of such an obvious conclusion for the Ramban that anybody who doesn't accept that conclusion is a naval he's like really is really a bad person. So that that when it comes to Isurim Averot, he says the Ramban shows us that you have to be deeper. You have to go deeper into the matter in order to understand what it is that God really wants you to do. You can't just you can't just look at it, you know, at, at the at the top. And then he says that's that that's the uh, the Ramban. And that's why the Pasuk has the two verbs in it. Shabbati, I heard. Kikolhu pnimiyut hadvarim. Vazasiti kikolashet sevitani velo kefiyah nereh bishitchiyut hamamar levad ela sheyeradati lesof tata Torah mashakavana bazed. That is to say, Shabbati. First, I learned and I studied and I understood, and then vazasiti. Right, I'm not just you know. Tell me, uh, can I put the tea uh, the tea bag into the hot water or not? I want to know what the definition of bishul might be that would include or exclude the tea bag at this particular time. So he says, he says that that seems to him to be very obvious. Uh, and then he says, then he goes on and he says, "Vahayin sheikav Torah." so what does he say? What does he say that if you look carefully, if you look carefully at the, uh, in other words, why did this happen? So why was it that the punishment was to take away the kuhuna from the Bechorot and to make everybody else give trumot and ma'asrot? So he says, if you look at the deeper meaning, you will understand that what caused, I mean, he doesn't say this, I'm adding, parentheses, what caused these terrible transgressions, Am Yisrael, was a lack of cohesiveness and a lack of understanding in that one. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai, said, Mila Shemelai, who comes with me? And the Levium went with, with Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, the, the nation was divided at the time. Aaron Akoin supposedly tried to convince people that they shouldn't build the Egel Azav, and the way he did that was by building it with them, you know, like helping them and tried to show them that it was folly of, of some sort of a, or, or, or other. 
So the Shemish Shmuel says, the Shemish Shmuel says, says this, that the antidote, the antidote to the Avera is staka, internal staka, because the internal staka ties you to the people that you are giving the staka to. So all of these people, all these people who have difficulty in being part of Am Yisrael, the Kohanim Levi, because they have no source of income, and the Atom and the Almana and the Ger, because they don't have any real connection. But if you give them, if you, I mean, there's a tikkun, there's a, a fixing of whatever it caused this Avera to be. So according to the according to uh, the Shemish Shmuel, it's not just. It's not just that the the the, the vidui is about the chait, but it's at the same time that I realize that I did the chait, I am able to effect a tikkun on that chait, a, a fixing of that chait, because the chait was derived from the fact the erevrav, the people who who upset the. Were created this divisiveness which led to the, which led to the Chaita Egel, right? All of that, all of that is, is true. But the Trumot and the Masrot, the bringing the Trumot, taking it out of my house, making it, uh, giving it opportunity for all the people, straightens all that out because it connects you to the people that you're trying to support through these gifts. The last part of the Shevish and therefore, this is even true for Master Shani, which is eaten by the Baalim. You should be able to invite everybody in Yushalayim to eat with you. That this the money that you get for the maaser when you go to Yerushalayim, you could only use it for food. Whatever is left, he has to give to the people in Yerushalayim. And by connecting himself to these righteous people in Yerushalayim, he will change himself. He'll find that he himself, he himself is changed. So that the addition of the Shemesh Muah, the addition of the Shemesh Muah is like, so, okay, but what's the point? I mean, okay, I recognize the fact that I did an Avera. I recognize the fact that a thousand years ago something happened which shouldn't have happened. But, but what's it got to do with Trumot and Ma'asrot? So the answer is that at the same time that as I do the Vidui, which is what the Svoto said, at the same time that I do the vidui, I'm also fixing the world that was the result of the chait of the chait ha'egel, and I'm trying to create a new world in which such a thing could never happen again. And I do that based on this insight of the Rambam that all mitzvot have their kind of their, their veneer, right? The way they look, the way they act, but they also have some deeper meaning that you have to seek out and deeper meaning in this case right the deeper meaning in this case is that uh, that everybody everybody can do something that gets other people together with them that somehow there's an advantage an advantage to having a common ground as opposed to uh, just being rambunctious
Okay. Have a good Shabbos.